don't like it? <laughs> like it. She doesn't like it. Who doesn't say like it? Why don't you like it? I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, Diane. Yeah? Did you know? No. That? <laughs> I didn't know. It's 8.48 a.m. Saturday, November the 13th. 2021, I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. What the heck is that? What note is that? I can't do the... I got no... I got nothing. What is it, Diane? Is it gone for good? I mean, is, am I just old now and busted and the whole complex is breaking down? The stone is popped and weathered by storm and storm. Sturm and drang, and I'll never be the same again. Is that the truth of it? That's the truth of it. Is that the truth of it? <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Wow. You know, you, you didn't have to agree quite so quickly. Ah, ham and eggs. You could have argued the point <laughs> just, just for a moment. My tea I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Well, you know, the thing is, it smells really good in here, Diane. Stop it. Why? No, I'm just kidding. I came downstairs and it's all. What is that? Is that bayberry? Cloves and cinnamon. Cloves and cinnamon. Cloves and cinnamon. Are you just cooking some cloves and cinnamon just for the fun of it? No, it's just a candle. Oh, it's a candle. Oh, yeah, that one over there. Yeah. With the people. With the people. With the people. Pardon me, I'm gonna have another drink of coffee. The people. (laughs) You boy. Hey, Diane. Yes. That's good coffee. It's been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine. As per usual. Two weeks. It's been two weeks. That's right. We didn't have a show last week because hecticity with death, death had pervaded the landscape. There is a theme to these last two weeks. And that theme is... is reunion. Reunion with wonderful friends and... Yes. yes. It, just fantastic it's time. True. We had our... We had our time out on Fox Island, where you celebrated your birthday, and the rainbow came, and Kat sent the rainbow, of course. And, uh, we talked about that. We did talk about yes. that. Yes. We talked about Kat sending the rainbow. Yes. Although we, we were so involved in talking about Fox Island that we didn't talk about having uh, breakfast with Alice at oh, Queen Mary's. That's right. That's right. That was this... The Sunday before we went out to Fox Island. We went out to Fox Island on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. We did. It was your, yeah, actually your birthday. That is true. It was the day we went out to Fox Island and the rainbow came and, you know. But I was thinking about it after we did the show. I thought, man, I wasn't even thinking about that wonderful time we had at Queen Mary's with. Yes. With Alice. I had bangers and mash. Scones. Scone. They had the best scones ever. The scone with the whipped cream and the butter and the and the whipped cream is a different kind of thing. Yeah. It had some solidity to it. It wasn't, but 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 the whipped cream, you could spread the whipped cream on your warm scone and it would melt in. The whipped cream is the one that I always love to do with the scone. Well, I I tried bites. But it isn't whipped. It isn't whipped cream. It's uh, it was. What? It's a different kind of cream, like Devonshire cream. Oh, Devonshire cream. Oh, okay. That's why it had solidity. It wasn't... Oh. So it's... Well... It wasn't like ready whip from a can. No, it wasn't cool whip. <laughs> it wasn't aerosol no. cream. 
But anyway, yeah, that was great. We were all tucked in there. We each had our little pots of tea and everything. And that is a nice little place. It is a we nice need, little place. We need place. to go back there. We need to go back there. You'll get no to, argument from me. You had the best breakfast yeah, ever. Yeah, I wanted to try. What was the thing that Alice had? It was, I don't remember the name uh-huh. of it, but it was a phyllo dough layering. With layers of, with, of yumminess. Yeah. It looked like, oh my God, I had breakfast envy. Although I enjoyed my bangers and mash. Don't get me wrong. I did. That was that was fun. And you know, hanging out with Alice is, you know, tons of fun. Well, and that's what I got to do while you were out on the Rocks trip. The Rocks trip happened um, this last weekend. That's why there was no show. Because on Sunday I was uh, up in the Meadow. And uh, me and my friends, Alan Hicks and Tim Vernon and Ray Robertson and Paul Julik and Brad Stenberg, were uh, gathering as we do. And uh, You've pretty much done it annually since your college day- years, haven't you? If not more frequently than that, yeah. Well, we may have missed a year or two here and there. Well, you did during the pandemic. Yeah, but, uh, but we've taken to meeting every other week via Zoom. Uh, and which is, you know, a level of contact that we had not had for, you know, 25, 30 years prior to that. Uh, but it is really, uh, I think it's really benefited everybody to have a more regular contact because we're, you know, we're kind of spread out. Paul and Brad and I are over here and Ray's up in the Meadow and Alan is in Spokane and Tim and Sherry are now down in Florida. They just recently moved down to Florida. But anyway, we were all together, all the guys were together up in Winthrop, and we had a little cabin on the Chewok River, and and uh, it was nice. It was good. It was good to see those guys again, and to be in the same physical space. And uh, Ray had, had been gifted from someone, uh, like almost a complete collection of all the Beatles records. So he brought a turntable and some speakers, and an amplifier and we so we were listening to classic Beatles albums and and uh, had great food Paul and Alan and Ray all made pots of soup that we then consumed there were breakfasts and dinners and egg sandwiches and gluten-free this and uh, um, you know you know dietary restrictions were respected there may have been a, a an imbibement of uh, of fermented beverage. Um, there may there. have been. There may have been. I don't re- I don't recall actually. <laughs> Perhaps that's because of the fermented beverage. I don't know that it's affected my memory. But yes, there may have been. And I got to see my son James too, and uh, hang out with him for a while. And what an amazing thing to have been getting together annually with people since your college years For and being 40, your s- 40 years yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean i i certainly have friendships since um my mid 20s but uh and i have one friendship uh, i've actually have two close friendships from college and i just see them but i we don't make it a point of getting together annually we just see each other because we do yeah but 
Well, it started back when we were all in college, and there was a place out on the Little Spokane River called Indian Painted Rocks. And uh, there were some petroglyphs there. And there's just a little roadside thing. It's kind of caged off, and, and you can see the petroglyphs on the rock. And, and for some reason, we decided to hike up the hill behind that along the ridge overlooking the Little Spokane River. And it was Alan and his then-girlfriend Bonnie and myself that, that made the first trek up there and found the spot. And we just kind of kept going back to it. We never really knew the way. You just kind of had to go up, and there was no trail or anything like that, so you're just kind of scrambling up this to this ridge top, and then you just kind of had to follow the ridge along and hope that you hit the right little fold in the land and, and be able to find it, but we always did. So that's why it's called The Rocks. And nowadays we call it The Fellowship of the Rocks. And uh, so, and pretty soon there were other people joining. Tim Vernon was up there and Ray and, you know, Brad. And most of the people that still gather were at one time or another part of that original site. I think There's probably a housing development up there now, you know. I think that's one of the most remarkable things about getting older for me, and I know we mentioned it more than once on this show, but, yeah, we... but it's a theme that goes through my mind quite a bit, is just the, the amazing stories, watching the stories of all these people that you love unfold and watching the different transitions. Yeah. It just is such a joy, and... Um, gets more precious as we get older, I think. Yeah, and, you know, there was a time in our youths when these gatherings, the Rocks Boys, you know, we would be climbing a mountain or or something or, you know, attaining some dizzying height. And now we're, you know, renting a cabin on, <laughs> on a river in Winthrop and, uh, or something. And uh, But that's the natural transition of yeah. being older, too, so... And, you know, the sitting around the campfire in the evening and trading our stories back and forth and has become part of the part of the tradition. And it's interesting how the stories have changed as we're now all in our 60s. And, uh, it's nice. It's nice to have the current thing and then have all the resonance of what's gone before in the room with you. It's pretty cool. And usually somebody will bring, like Tim Vernon brought a uh, photo album, uh, and Alan brought some old photos too, and we were, so we were able to be looking through old photos of us in our, in our 20s, and it was, it was pretty fun. Pretty darn fun. It was uh, fulfilling. Made me, I mean, and it's weird, you know, you noticed, you commented on it, when I come back from something like that, I'm not, it takes me a, half a day or something to land it's like there's parts of me are kind of scattered around oh i've you've a, always had that since since when you go there and i i kind of get it so yeah. that's why i just let you be right uh because i always feel like well you're almost like time traveling in a way it is and going back to the Methow for me is like when we were driving up the valley this time me and because tim vernon rode over with me in my car and our car and uh driving up the valley I just felt this buzz it was like I was on drugs or something it was a very strange kind of uh, 
feeling. A lot of things happened in that place, you know. So it's got a lot of it's got a lot of juju in it. Both good and good times, bad times, yeah. everything in between. A lot of living went on there, and uh, I don't know. It's 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 nice to go back, and I don't I don't have the uh, I don't have a the only part that really makes me feel like I'm home again, other than being with these guys, is standing at the river. You know, for some reason the rivers uh, are what has stayed with me uh, as kind of a uh, anchoring force. So, I don't know, it's very, very hard to explain, but it's kind of, it's very nutsy, twigsy, hairy, fairy, butterflies and rainbows <laughs> is what it is. It's a lot of that, there's a lot of that going on, and it's really my only, well, not my only, it's one of the most profound uh, instances in my life of that kind of uh, sense of the of the underlying resonant spirit connected to a place you know Puget Sound is the same way Fox Island it's a power spot is what it's La what Carlos, Carlos Castaneda would call a power spot yeah La Push La is like that too but Fox Island and the Medhow and those rivers and stuff like that yeah those are, pro, are profound uh, right. instances of that actually the whole Olympic Peninsula I think is you know the it's becoming that it has become that more in my later life and that's so part of what my plan is uh, for the next year and, and, you know, going to this park that I have discovered here is to find a place like that in, in this neighborhood. And, I mean, my, the, the walk that I do in the mornings, there's, there's power there. Um, but I, I, I wanted to find a creek, so I, I Googled creek near me, found it, went there. want to go back. I want to get to know it because uh, those kind of places I don't know they do us they put you in a certain kind of mindset that I think is very uh, necessary it balances a lot about the other forces that yank at you and drag you um, away from things like that you need you need to be able to fill both ends of the spectrum uh, adequately in order to maintain balance I think so that was that's kind of what the Medhow represents to me now a necess, a place to where I can feel that balance reestablished you know it it you know you lean too far one way you go there it fills in the other side and you get you know I don't know but a lot of it has to do with these guys so it's that's about all I can say about it except that it's good and it is, uh, I don't ever want it to end, even though it probably will. While you were gone, I got a whole evening all by myself with your daughter, Alice. Yeah. Bogus. <laughs> Bogart and my kid. No, no, that's great. I'm glad you guys are friends. Yeah, it was a very special evening for me. And I made her my famous... Turkey dinner. Turkey dinner, and um, which is a a one skillet kind of uh, concoction that I made up of onions and red peppers and orange peppers, um, turkey and turkey. garlic and 
Spices. Uh, tarragon, rosemary, thyme, crushed red peppers, and I put in salt and pepper and, and uh, spinach like, at it's, the end. It's kind of like hamburger helper. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a one skillet uh, Ground situation. turkey helper. Yes. But it... It has been this discovery, <coughs> which was so spontaneous one night, and we have never stopped having it since. Yes, we haven't gone back and, to life before Diane's turkey dinner. And I sent her home with some of my community of vegetable soup and... Pumpkin pie. And pumpkin pie. Anyway. Yes. Um, I have felt for a very, very long time that... or that the reason why I loved October so much, besides the beautiful environs of the turning leaves, is for some reason, and I don't know if it's partially because it's my birthday month and I really seek out uh, the situations, but in this particular month, it wasn't exactly that. It's just that we always seem to have a lot of wonderful experiences with friends. And, uh, and, this week was no exception. Yesterday we had the, the great wow. joy of going out to the Church of the Divine Puttering yes. and seeing Mr. David Pileski, yes. who is one of our the favorite right people. Honorable <laughs> the right Pileski. honorable. The right honorable David Pileski, uh, who is a, a uh, source of power unto himself. He's like a, he's like a little engine and just an amazing human being he's become one of my favorite human beings on the planet well we've got him sitting on our well, he's window hang, ledge he's sitting on our window ledge he's hanging on our wall he's going to be hanging on a couple more walls here pretty quick that's had, the reason why we uh when we went to see him yesterday was because um he was selling some of his his artwork in prints yeah. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, we could get a print of his yes. artwork? Yes. Because, man... This guy's done two art shows in his life, and he has sold everything he's put up on the wall. Before the show even opens, it's sold out. So the world, And he never even was selling his paintings until he was, he was in his 70s. Yeah. But he is... Uh, the world is hungry for what David Pileski gives us. And... Uh, it's, it's a particular kind of nourishment that uh, I really can't get enough of. And he just, I, I don't know how he does what he does. So that's what well, makes it had, so cool. He had posted on his Facebook page that he had this one particular painting. He was saying, if you want a print of this, let me know. And I was like, oh, man, we want a print of that. And then... Um, I asked whether he had any of his other artworks uh, that we that he would consider making prints of, and he said everything that's on my on this this site. It wasn't all of his his artworks, but all the recent artworks, right. and uh, it was it was hard. It was like choosing chocolates out of a box. Yeah. You know, like well, which one do I love the most? You know, um, but we chose two others so we got three prints that we are now going to frame and put on the wall and they are so amazing yeah. I'll, I'll uh put them in the comments or just um, put a link to that gallery 
yeah. of his stuff. Because it's, you, you know, you start scrolling through these images and you're just like, wow. He is the most amazing artist for me. And as I was saying to him and to you yesterday, part of the reason why his, his paintings mean so much to me is that they are the way I experience the world, which is a very homey, grounded part with the surrealistic, mystical part going on behind it. Yeah, it's, and, like, it's like the visual representation of magical realism. Yeah. Because there's a very realistic element to it, but then there's always a magical element to it as well. I love that about him. Yep. And I just... And that's what he... That's, that's the energy he puts forth into the world, too. So when you hang out with him, you leave his presence and you're like buzzed. We were flying high yesterday. And then we came home and had, um, you had a conversation with your sister. And then then we immediately went into an interview with Jim Page that, um, that is about his first album, uh, that I'm, I'm writing this, uh, article, although I don't need to write much on this. It's just, he's such an amazing storyteller. I just feel like, Oh, I'll just transcribe this. And it'll be pretty much a whole piece. But I found that that has been such a, it was such a random thought that I had about asking people to talk about the first album they ever did. And at first I was afraid that people wouldn't even remember their first album. But in fact, most of them remember it quite well because it was their first album. And it was their first it was usually when they were still kind of hungry and, you know, all these things either happened or didn't happen from the first experience. And I just have found that that article series to be so fascinating and uh, certainly had as fascinated me to interview the the artists about this and and see because somehow while you're talking to somebody about an experience in their life like that, you can see them almost becoming younger in, in front of your eyes <laughs> because they have to revisit that time a bit. And even when Jim was talking about how some of the re-listening of that album was strange to him because he is much different than he was in his younger years, as we all right, are. Right. Um, but I think that that's a... a a pretty wonderful revisiting of a time of your life. Yeah, I liked how he was talking about how all the songs are kind of pitched similarly. And, you know, when I listened back to that album afterwards, I was kind of like, yeah, because he was a um, street performer. Yeah. And so he had to, he had to project a certain kind of way. And uh, I don't know, it was interesting to hear him talk about there were little details that I had not heard before um, about that time of his life. I mean, you know, that guy is still in there. You know, we are all we all contain the person we were back in those days. You know, um, so. Well, it was it was a pretty magical day yesterday, and I I still feel like I'm floating yeah. in the air from all the. What kind of floaty doty? Floaty doty. Yeah. It's true. And since I've been journaling every day uh, for since September 17th, yes, um, that was what I was talking about today. And part of the way that I introduced it was because before I started journaling, I had read an article in the NPR 
uh, at the NPR site that was talking about the workplace and how it's going to change from the pandemic. Hmm. And one of the things that they brought up was, because uh, the basis of the article is, why do we need to be at a workplace? I mean, everybody's proved that you can do it without having... Well, depending on the kind depe- of job. Like, but, yeah. but the kinds of jobs that can be telework Everybody proved it could be done yeah. while uh, while the pandemic was going on. And they brought up this point that I never thought about, which was that a lot of people say that they got their community from their work. And, and yet the author was saying, but if it's like a family, it's a little bit like a toxic family, you know, so if you are just in a workplace and that's all that is your drive and motivation that's where you have your contacts but then when you are not there anymore how do you reform community and and i thought how interesting it is that as i'm going into retirement that my friendships aren't through my workplace as much i mean they are from you I guess you could say Victory Music was a workplace at one point but it never really was it was a passion driven uh, aspect of my life right. that that was where I made my friends and and all of the friends that I have including the friends that listen to this show yeah. I mean it's kind of funny because Cindy who does listen to our show she was a person I met through a job circumstance um, at Perkins Coie Stone Olson and Williams. But the way that we were drawn to each other, and it, it seemed kind of magical because I still don't remember how we first started talking, but she was the one who got me involved in this whole uh, folk music realm. She was the one who introduced me to this is my passion i love this music and so we shared that at that time fell out of contact because i was no longer working at perkins and then i re-looked her up after all this time and we just fell back into this remarkable passion-driven friendship and so all of the friends in my life even if i met them through my work they all are uh, united around our shared passions that are outside of work. They were not just because of the community of the work. That it wasn't just oh we have this. It was just like oh man we had this proximity to this person who shares our passions and how remarkable are they? And so uh, we got to experience this. But I was thinking how interesting that was because I I believe that. Some people, if they were just deriving their friendships from proximity, not from shared passions, that retirement would be a real scary thing because, oh my gosh, now I'm not going to have proximity to these people anymore. But I've really noticed it since I've been working at home and teleworking that... uh, I have had a couple of people in my current employment circumstance that have become very close friends. But once again, it's because of shared passions. It's always the sharing of 
artistry or mysticism or right. something that something unites that is us. outside of the tasks of the yeah. job. Yeah. And then I always wonder, how did we even get into those conversations? How did we find uh, out that this is... Because I'm not all that uh, open about, oh, for example... Oh, but you are more than other people are, Diane. Come on. Yeah, yeah. well... You tend, to, you tend to be more self-revelatory uh, with people than a lot of people tend to be, but you open that door and establish that, that other kind of contact, and that, that fosters the whole thing. So. But anyway, having shared passions is such a remarkable uniting force. It's true. And it never stops, because for me, especially with all my friends who are artistic and creative, you just watch them in wonderment and think, I know this person, and look at them. Oh, my God. I was saying this morning in my journal that it was like, like that my whole, the air that is around me is just full of like handfuls of glitter thrown up in the air from all of these, these friends of mine who, don't you see it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. sparkling and shining and all yeah. sorts of colors and fairy flecks yeah it's just yeah. the most amazing life because yeah. of these people of which by the way if you're listening you are a part of that because that's true those both, are the both only of you <laughs> those are both the only people who listen to the show are, are people who are part of that shared passion that that's we true. have in and life. i think about the when i think about the the fellowship of friends that we enjoy I, I am the luckiest guy I know. And the, I have this image of that cabin on Fox Island with Ken and Julie and Scott and Rhonda and my mom and my sister and you and me sitting there. That just amazes me. It's just like, you know, I don't know. It's like that rainbow is just was right in that room, you know. Well, I think sometimes about the when you are with close friends and everybody knows this when you are truly in love with each other and everything is is just in this humming sort of energy you can just feel like you're being transported into an astral plane with all of these people it's just the most wonderful energy source on earth and do you think you know it's different because we're older now, right? Yeah. I mean, you feel it more. When oh, you're older. definitely. Yeah. So. I think that the older I am, the more I connect and and feel how precious this yeah. opportunity is, and how wonderful it was that I encountered all these people. Yeah. I mean, through random sources, and it's just amazing. Happenstance. Happenstance. Happy accidents. So since friendship was the, uh, definitely the theme of this month, and I was thinking about songs about friends, and at first I was thinking about the song, Who Knows Where the Time Goes, because I was thinking about um, how strange it is, you know, that you have had these friendships since you were in college, and then all of a sudden you're in your 60s and you're thinking about that. All of a sudden. Well, doesn't it feel yeah, like it all of a sudden? Like, it doesn't yeah, feel no. like... It, 
you know, the years just slip by and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you're in your 60s. You're not no longer in your 20s. And um, I was thinking about that song and I, I had always heard it done by Judy Collins. And I thought, who wrote that song? And found out it was Sandy Denny. So I was listening to some Fairport Convention, and then uh, the song. I I actually was looking up songs on YouTube, and found this amazing uh, pandemic a- version. Of- pandemic version of "Meet on the Ledge," and we we couldn't really represent it here on the show because. It has all these voices chiming in, and it would sound it's, a little. It's got a. It's it's too strong of a visual element to. Uh, yeah. To really be represented just with audio only, but we will post the link to the video, with the show today. So but the can... reason why I thought it was so tremendous was that it was anthemic. Yeah. And when everybody was singing this, I just really got emotional, right. and I just thought, and all the people in this video. Um, who began the group Fairport Convention. They had some younger participants. But Richard Thompson, who wrote the song when he was 17, was in the video. And all these people, David Pegg, uh, Pegg. uh, Simon Nickel, who was the beginning of the group Fairport Convention and also was an Albion band and... All these people, they're Jerry Conway. They're in their seventies or maybe older, and because yeah. um, I, I don't know the age of all the people, but to think and seeing Richard Thompson singing that song with as much passion and uh, I don't know, just I I can't imagine how many times he's sung that song, yeah. but having such a resonance with all those years that he's sung it. Uh, it just really brought me to tears. And and so I thought, well, that's far better than who knows where the time goes. Yeah. Who but, knows where the time goes is almost a little too melancholy. Yeah, it's too melancholy for the feeling of yeah. what... Um, what, you, what the feeling is has more to do with that resonance of, his, yeah. of history, of a shared history. And I think this, the, that song really captures that. And it's got thematic elements that, that go along with the Rocks Boys, too, for me. About the ledge. Yeah, meet, meet on, on the, the ledge. ledge. Yeah. Well, that was the reason why I thought it would be a great thematic song. But the other thing was that there's this kind of feeling of that you're here together in life and that you'll also be together in, in death, you know, in yeah. some sort of way. Yeah. And couldn't really find another song that I liked from the Fairport Convention that matched that feeling, but but I know of this other song by Doogie McLean called We'll Be Together Again that has the same thematic feeling and uh, and it has rivers in it, Bill. Yes, I know. And, um, and that one also always brings tears to my eyes because of that feeling of always being together, whether you're in proximity or not, that these people are a particular special sort of friend that you will never lose contact with no right. matter what. Those, those people that we communicated with in the last couple of weeks, including Kat and Jim and all of them, will always be with us. Yeah. yeah. We used to 
to say that come the day we'd all be making songs or finding better words these ideas never lasted long the way is on If the spirit is willing and the rivers don't 
and disappear out of our eyes and adventure stays with us with its pain and surprise we'll be together again and if the line takes a strain and the rope doesn't break and the venom stays asleep in the tooth of the snake and we don't hold against us the mistakes that we Oh, it waits for the chance to shine through Oh, and brother and sister from one we have come Oh, we wait for the chance to renew With the dreams and the schemes of the innocent years To sing from the place where we if the spirit is willing and the rivers don't rise And the light doesn't disappear out of our eyes And adventure stays with us with its pain and surprise We'll be together again And if the line takes the strain and the rope doesn't break And the venom stays asleep in the tooth of the snake we don't hold against us the mistakes that we make Oh, we'll be together again We'll be together Disappear out of our eyes And adventure stays with us With its pain and surprise We'll be together again And if the line takes the strain And the rope doesn't break And the venom stays asleep in The tooth of the snake And we don't hold against us The mistakes that we make We'll 